don't question yourself and your vision. Because I think a lot of marketing is about crushing your self-worth. So I think keep listening to your inner voice and make sure it's something that you're passionate about and that you believe in. In other words, if you know that you have an audience or you've sold something in your own life, that's the motivation, the fuel, the jet fuel that will take you out of the orbit of human inertia and friction and and day-to-day life. And that's the core of a business is that fuel, that motivation. Here at Kajabi, we're known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And the Creators Playbook podcast is here to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the advice and playbook you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, then allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Creator Playbooks podcast. Today I'm sitting down with my friend Nick Barrow. Nick is going to share with us some of his playbook items on how he launched a successful business in a really interesting niche. I'm not going to tell you all the details yet, but let's just get into the conversation with Nick. Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the invite, Jared. Well, uh, give us just the quick rundown on who you are and what you do. I know you run the snooker gym, but like if our listeners are anything like me, they may not know what snooker is. So <laughs> give us, give us the quick details. Uh, my name's Nick Barrow and I'm the founder of the snooker gym. We help frustrated amateur pool billiards and snooker players. Snooker is the English equivalent of pool and billiards uh, to beat their highest score. And we have customers in over 100 countries, and I have visited over 50 countries coaching the game. And it it is partly on the backbone of the Kajabi architecture that allows us to run this lifestyle business with my wife. I love it. I love it. And since you didn't flaunt it, I'm going to flaunt it for you. you. You've I know there's a lot more, but just even just on the Kajabi platform alone, you've done well over a half a million dollars um, in a, a pretty niche business. So like huge congratulations for your success there. Um, I, I Applause for you. I think that's something really inspiring for our listeners to hear. Do you have an appla- um, the- applause button? I, I need one. I need one. I, I think I actually do, but I don't know how to use it. I need to I need to get that one running. <laughs> um, well, for our listeners, let's just dive into how you got started in this space. Like, What was the moment where you realized you wanted to do something like this full-time for a business? When I was a preteen or an early teenager and I was obsessed with working this game out, I remember practicing one day and thinking, it's so wrong that this game hasn't been codified before. And in my complete ignorance... I said, well, I might as well be the person to do that. <laughs> and um, what a frustrating and also exhilarating journey that was to 
end up as the world's foremost creator of snooker coaching materials and content, training content, both physical products and digital products. But that was the catalyst of, let's say, attaching my life purpose to a vehicle. And I competed in an amateur level through my teens and in a professional capacity in my 20s. And in my late 20s, I decided that it felt the right time to start educating full-time rather than competing full-time. And that was 25 years ago. And that was, it turns out, an inspired decision because synchronistically, we have ended up with so many gifts in our professional life, uh, my wife and I, who who uh, I run the business with. Very nice. So I'm really interested based upon that, like with Snooker, with Pool being such a, a niche market, what was it like, what led you to believe that there would be a demand for courses on, you know, in this specific, specific niche? And then how did you go about validating that? Actually, I'm probably more of a creator first. Uh, and I think it was Henry Ford who said, if you are, if I asked customers what they wanted, they'd say faster horses. Uh, he had a vision of what they did need, not necessarily wanted. And I, I suppose I, I haven't been that big on doing hundreds of questionnaires and asking the market what they want, uh, my customers. Um, and that may be to my, to our detriment, um, partially, but, uh, I'm, more mission based so in other words my goal before i ascend this planet is to leave behind me a archive of solutions that any player of any standard with any problem can access at any time to solve their issue in the most painless way possible so that requires creating a curriculum and content in the various topics in the game so in that regard, I know what I want to offer. Then it becomes about messaging it and packaging it and naming it uh, and marketing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to drill down into this a little bit more um, when we talk about some of the playbook that you have and what you use to make this a success. Um, but before we jump into that, um, just to, again, like lay the landscape, uh, can you share a little bit about what was going on in your business when you ultimately sought out a tool like a Kajabi? And like, what challenges were you trying to solve with finding a tool like this? Well, my wife could have avoided a huge challenge when we moved in together in, in our property here. Uh, this was about eight years ago. If she had suggested Kajabi, because I remember maybe a, a year six months after she moved in, I, I, I'd done all this research about the WordPress, the ultimate WordPress tech stack, the content delivery network, the, um, the membership system, the email autoresponder. And it had about, there were about eight softwares and services that I'd re spent months researching. And I felt so proud that I, I just sent an email to my office and said, look, here are all these services, stitch it together and build us a website, please. And um, this Franken site never stopped breaking. And our bandwidth was so consumed with propping up the platform 
and feature creep as well. Because, of course, with WordPress, you can, in theory, do anything you want on that platform, which is part of the problem. Because us creative types, we, we suffer from feature creep. We want the latest, greatest, the most ingenious little tool or plugin. And that was in hindsight very distracting from our core mission of creating content and problem solvers for our audience. And in, in hindsight, uh, we there, there was actually an offer uh, for Kajabi uh, where I, I remember I remember we didn't have the money to do it, and it was two hours from this deadline, and it wouldn't be repeated and. And, and we just said, you know what, we're going to put this, however many thousand, it was $2,000 or something on a credit card. And we knew it was going to take a month or two to import these hundreds or hundreds of videos from that platform. We just spent a year building it and we're going to have to tear it all down and rebuild it. Oh no. But we decided to do it. And that is one of the best decisions we have ever made in our business because it hasn't failed once and it has allowed us to concentrate on our core mission. Amazing. Well, I, I am personally glad that you took that risk. I, I definitely understand the gravity of such a risk as you're just starting out in a space like this. Um, but again, before we jump into the playbook, uh, just maybe really quickly in your own words, like I, I broke the news on like how successful you've been on the platform, but just like, what are some of the results you've seen in your business since starting, uh, an online course? It has allowed us to get better at product launches, which is an integral part now of our annual calendar. It has allowed us the simplification of our data to allow coaching tours, which culminated last year in a, a around-the-world tour. We, we literally went all the way around the world on about 10 stops, uh, utilizing the database to invite players from each city to attend training camps. And it was well more than self-funding. We did very well out of it. And um, it was an incredible experience and a great box to tick. We, we were the first in our industry to do such a tour. And uh, Kajabi has allowed us to uh, do that quite simply. Amazing. How do you how do you balance out like that that in person coaching need versus the online course aspect when you're uh, you know pursuing like what you're going to do next in your business? Well, there, we're we're refining our weekly and monthly uh, activities, or let's call them annual activities. So every year we want to consistently be looking at new products, uh, doing our marketing. Which leads, I, I don't like this word lead magnet. I prefer free problem solver uh, because that's what it is. And pick one very painful specific problem and offer, even if it's a one minute video, it doesn't need to be 9,000 pages, and offer that to the audience. And, uh, and, and we can feed people to that through our YouTube videos. So there are regular YouTube videos going out. And there are also one-to-one -one trainings that I do. And I, we now have a coach certification program. Um, but just to touch on one thing that the, the platform has allowed us to do is exercise my life dream, which is to create this archive of content and solutions 
for future players who are frustrated. Uh, so all, everything is all in one place, which is a, a great spiritual uh, release for me because um, I, I feel much more at peace uh, for the mission I've been given in life to, to create this body of knowledge, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's the perfect segue. Let's let's just dive into the playbook. And for our listeners, like you, you've heard this now. We've got someone who's made over a half million dollars just on Kajabi alone. Has twenty five years of experience building a business in a niche market. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, just some of your tips. Like, if we could rewind time and you could do it over again. How would you redo this, like broken down into a few key steps, Nick? I would actually ban myself from <laughs> endlessly researching, endlessly looking for shiny objects. And how would I persuade myself to not do 19 million courses? I don't know. But ultimately, what I would do to start with is assuming that I knew my market, even something about my market, even something about my audience that they find difficult, I would make a one-page website and say, here's your free problem solver or lead magnet in marketing terms and build an audience from that. And I would share it with people and I would enroll people to sign up for it. And I'd get 100 people signed up to that. Then I'd ask them, what what else would you like to see? Uh, because I, I have built products before where this goes against partly what I was saying earlier on, where I tend to build and then ask. But my first DVD product was a 10 DVD library. And I thought, oh, th this, this will be the ultimate library, 160 videos, and people will want it. Well, they did. And I probably made £30,000 out of that. What's that? $40,000. But people were always asking, can I buy just one DVD? And enough people asked. I thought, why didn't I just do one DVD to start with? And then I, I did build another a single DVD where everything in 60 minutes, just very uh, light touch on all the topics in the game. And that made maybe $15,000 or something like that over the years, a very simple product. And um, so I'd start with that free problem solve first, develop a micro audience, then ask them what if they wanted more, whether it's one-to-one -one coaching or more in-depth on a particular topic. So growing it slightly organically, but still with my mission in mind of I want to create this body of knowledge and solutions. Yeah, I think this is this, I guess, just as I think through and like maybe just like reading it back to you, like what I'm hearing you say is, first of all, no shiny objects. You got You have to focus, focus on finding not only that niche, but that customer problem, which will allow you to take that on to step two, like making that free problem solver. I love the way you, you called it a problem solver as opposed to a lead magnet. It actually makes it so much more actionable and tactical for someone to do something with. Um, and then next is simplifying it, taking that customer feedback and really simplifying your offer even more. So a uh, really great start to this. Like I, I, I want to dig in even a little bit more. Like what happens after that? Like as you, you, you're making some of that traction and progress in your business. Well, uh, one thing that unfolded for us with this was the size of our database. As a, a side effect of doing this and creating the free problem solvers, was and our first paid product and doing the one-to-one -one coaching because people knew about me by then and 
then I kept every single email of everyone who'd ever come and seen me. That's a database. There's value in that. And uh, later on, we can touch on launches and, and what what I learned, sort of two or three key elements I learned about launches. But what unfolded is the size of this database. And on a personal level, the size of magical people who we connect with on such a deep level as a as a side effect of both loving this game. If we're both trying to solve the same problem, crack the same nut, then uh, it's very easy to get gain deep connections with people all over the world. And that's really something I never foresaw when I was that early teenager wanting to solve snooker for everybody. And um, if, if I knew what was involved, I might not have taken, I might have given up there and then because <laughs> uh, there was a lot of frustration involved and working it all out myself. Uh, what else has unfolded? The ability to, once your list is as a certain critical mass, you are eligible to do launches and uh, refine that process as well. Um, but that can be as simple as saying, hey guys, We've got 100 people. I'm doing a, a celebratory one-to-one coaching on Zoom, four calls in a month program, and see if it sticks. And apart from that, what else has it enabled us to do? Get really good feedback from customers with the problems. Oh, Nick, have you thought of explaining it like this or adjusting this product like that or using this phrase or... So they become, it becomes a collaborative effort between myself and our students. Uh, together, we're, we're polishing this diamond of solutions for future generations. Yeah, I, I love that. I think like what, I, what I'm hearing from you is like, it's uh, earlier you mentioned that almost creating community around your product as that database grew, you, you almost formulated a community of a customer base, uh, which is that, really That cool. is also true. Yes. The community was a, a big part of that as well. And getting them interacting together somehow. Yeah. Well, I, I love it. And I, I like, well, let's do dive into like a bonus playbook on course launches. Um, hmm. Like let, let's dig into that. Uh, what did you, you know, maybe if you want to talk about your first launch, if you want to talk about uh, lessons learned, whatever it is, like let's, let's break that one down too. Yeah, um, I would actually say one other thing that perhaps pre uh, preloads for the launches is the niching of clients. So I was at one point all things to all people, and gradually over time I've stripped away working with juniors, with gift vouchers, with uh, beginners, with um, I, I cut out pros at one time. I cut out working with coaches. And all I was doing was working with frustrated amateurs who work full-time or they own their own business, professional people, basically, who, who have the game in their blood. And they're not playing once a month. They're playing every week. And mm -hmm. it's that regular player who's a professional person who has the game in their blood. And that's a very small audience. And for my own sanity, that was that was very helpful to focus on that audience. And we could present the whole website and our messaging toward that goal. We help frustrated amateurs beat their highest score. And um, that, that's something that maybe I had to learn and came as a natural conclusion. I, I think it was a good learning curve to go through all those different genres and arrive at the one particular one that I wanted to do. So I don't think it was a mistake to be all things to all people, but 
eventually leading to this this niche uh, then allowed me to direct my messaging to the product launches because then I could position our uh, our messaging to not only appeal to the, the problem that's being solved, but also indirectly tantalize them with the potential buyers in the launch with our upgrade services, our specific services coaching services, one-to-one services uh, to that audience, if that makes sense. So, so there's a, an added value to the launch. Don't just launch something. It has to have, uh, upsell is probably the, the wrong word, uh, uh, it has to have more pathway for somebody, more runway for somebody to really take off in that activity if they want to. And uh, that could be an um, um, uh, advanced level of the course that you're selling and also one-to-one, but that pathway needs to be there. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what I heard from you is like, which was actually really intriguing is where you started with is uh, even though you're in a pretty refined niche, like niching down even further on that, like that is, I think something that is I know for me personally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's something that I know that a challenge, like in my own journey as a, as a creator, I like I'm facing even just so like, it's, it's very inspiring to hear that. Um, uh, I guess on the, on the launch step, like you're talking about creating a, a clear path for them to achieve that result. Um, anything else on, on the, on the launch that you feel like was, is critical to like getting this out to the right people? Do you need to have Maybe do you need to have that audience first? And what if that audience is just the cold audience that has done nothing but take advantage of your your free problem solver or lead magnet? I think strategizing what the solution is, and and it's always done with this idea that you know when I leave the Earth plane, there's this collection of solutions in every topic in my field, and uh, that that's the mission part of my journey. And so I, I have an eye on that at the same time. And, and and also what's topical in the market. So strategizing these launches, and we might have six or seven ideas of what we could launch. Well, what is topical in the market at the moment? What is What are we hearing that people want? Uh, what have I discovered people are very enthusiastic about in my one-to-one trainings? Um, what what do we have a gut feel about that could sell um, stroke? What is so painful for people that they would pay to solve the problem? And 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 then that gives us an idea of what to prioritize and and what to put at the top of the list, if you like. And we will probably never be perfect. You'll never know if you've chosen the correct one because you can't test, you can't launch everything at the same time. It's always a judgment call. We never go into battle with the full information. And uh, it's the same with launching. We have to accept our imperfect knowledge and our imperfect judgment. And with every launch, we improve that. And then it becomes about packaging. We We were walking through IKEA the other day. And a fun fact, IKEA purchases 1% of the world's timber supply. Now, that is incredible. What's that got to do with launching? We saw this little side table, and it was £20. And I suddenly thought, they haven't 
gone to their product team and said, we want a a side table. They've said, for this market in this area, we want a £20 side table. The price comes first, the product comes second, and go ahead, team, go and build one for us because we know it will sell. So pricing is one of our met, uh, one of our filters as well. What's the price going to be? How long is it going to take for somebody to consume this? What's their tolerance level for study? And package it first, and then paste the content to that architecture of what we think people will consume. And so that's that's something we've learned through uh, trial and error over the years as well. Is it is it fair to say that like at least in the example you gave with IKEA is it's almost allowing the price to influence the packaging in a way? Uh, yes, and uh, I, I remember one of my my, my business partners some time back. Uh, we we were partners together for a couple of years, and uh, I said, oh, "I've got this product. It, it sells really, really well because the content's so brilliant." He said, "No." It's because the price is so low. It was fifteen pounds, and I thought, yeah, actually, that's that is true. It was the price that was causing the sales, not the content. Um, and while I've got a couple of notes down here, which is why I'm looking down there, there was one other thing that just to add to what I'd said, which is the strategy for the launch. So, how, how long is it going to take, and what event are we going to run the launch alongside? Um, what event in the market are we going to run it alongside? So um, I could go into that in a little bit more detail um, in a moment. Uh, but was there anything else you wanted to dig into on what I'd said about the packaging? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, let's talk about the strategy. Okay. Uh, so strategy, I mean, I've, I don't really have anything listed here, but in, in terms of strategy, I, I personally would advise myself going back in time on my first launch or my first three launches to hire a launch strategist uh, because I was at the stage where I've got to do 19 million courses to learn about. And then I get so confused about, oh, well, this guy made a $1 million cash avalanche in 24 hours. And then this guy has a membership and that's consistent income. And but this guy is drop shipping, and then this guy is doing digital, and this guy's got a physical product, and this guy's an affiliate. Oh my god, it was it was um, quite distracting. So I would probably find somebody who has a good track record for Kajabi launches and um, could do a, a sort of package that. And by the way, we we don't do we don't do that for people. So I'm not selling our services, um, but, but but we we've used people and. Um, so then that becomes about what date are you going to launch? How long is the pre-launch? Uh, how long is the post-launch, which is where you ask people their feedback and, and make sure they're consuming the content? And uh, the, the, the pre-launch is how much of the product to give away for free. Uh, every four or five days, you might drop that to your audience and, and, and the general public. And on launch day, uh, what are what's the sales page and what's the pricing offer, what's the launch price offer that's never going to be repeated that will uh, allow you to recoup some of your launch time cost. And 
And then what's your messaging? What's your strategy for keeping the message out there and replying to messages and during the launch? And how long is the launch? Seven days to 14 days is probably a good amount of time. Um, and uh, creating also your assets. Well, launch assets means the sales page, the free videos, the actual products. Um, if, if indeed you're creating the product before you launch it, you may actually launch it and then drip feed one lesson per week for eight weeks or something like that. That's also perfectly valid uh, based on feedback and responsiveness for what the audience say they want for each subsequent week. Uh, but my point is, uh, don't leave it one day before the launch to start your sales page, right? That is a disaster <laughs> because it will never be ready. Leave the, Complete the sales page before you even lock in the dates for your pre-launch and your launch and your post-launch because it will take five times longer than you think it's going to going to take. Um, so, and find somebody who can advise you on what is a sales page that is not too complicated but not too simple. Uh, Einstein said that things should be as simple as possible, but no simpler. There is a critical mass below which it won't sell and too much detail that it also people will switch off. I think that's the perfect, perfect segue into the next question. And I, I and similarly, I feel like we could have an entirely like a, yet another playbook just on this topic alone. Um, but playing off of Einstein's quote, like for anyone who's maybe just considering starting today, how would you what, what what would be the one thing that you would suggest they do not do um, in order to successfully start a business like yours? I would say don't question yourself and your vision because it's very because I think a lot of marketing is about crushing your self worth. Are you a complete loser? I've got the I've got the solution for you to be a millionaire by next week. Don't worry. You be a loser no more. Uh, seven day crash course. <laughs> Actually, that could be a good course. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, so I think listen, keep listening to your inner voice, and and make sure it's something that you're passionate about and that you believe in, and that is in your DNA. In other words, if if you know that you have an audience of people, uh, or you've sold something in your own life, for example, um, you know, are, are you someone who's escaped an abusive relationship or for example, or are you someone who's solved your addiction or your indebtedness or something like that? And do you feel it's a crying shame that there are people out there carrying your same problem that you uh, are able to solve, but you feel spiritually selfish to be denying it from those 10, 100, or 1,000, or a million people out there who are carrying your problem, who are stuck without your solution. And that's the motivation, the fuel, the jet fuel that will uh, uh, take you out of the orbit of human inertia and friction and day-to-day -day life. And that's the core of a business, is that fuel, that motivation. Um, Michael Dell is not a computer uh, creator builder. His motivation was to cut out unnecessary steps. So he built direct, direct computer sales, but his motivation was to cut out 
unnecessary steps. That's what he did as a kid at the dinner table. And that's <laughs> his obsession. So find out your obsession. Ikigai is the Japanese uh, way of finding your passion that you could look up online. It's a very simple way of finding out the marriage between your skills, what people want and what they'll pay for. And then start very, very, very simply start with that free problem solver. Don't do anything more than that because you'll take years before you launch your website. Uh, limit yourself to a one-page website for six months would be my message to myself back then. I remember I spent 18 months obsessing about our brand name and our logo. I mean, it's ludicrous. And then I got involved in reading all these marketing and branding books and oh, just keep it simple. <laughs> I love that. Well, uh, Nick, I, I, let's uh, just I get bring the focus back on you and your business a little bit. Uh, tell us about any exciting future plans for your business that you, maybe you can share or want to share with our listeners. Well, we, we uh, one, one of the professional players actually asked me today, what's your next product? I, I gave a, a photograph on my desk of, of the final mock-up, physical mock-up of this physical product that we've got. You can sell physical products with Kajabi. And uh, briefly, the way we do it is, I don't know if you've actually got a plug-in for that yet, but we just sell at the bottom of the sales page, the physical product with shipping with three separate products, shipping mm -hmm. to home country, Europe, and rest of the world. So it solves all that problem about having uh, DHL plug-ins to your website. Keep it simple. And um, what else have we got exciting? It's we now have. This is another symptom of going through that that journey of free problem solving to simple product to simple launch and keep rinse and repeat, and you end up with an archive of products. You end up with intellectual property. This is our one of our pension income streams. We don't want to pay into a. Um, uh, a, a, a pension fund. We want to build our own assets. And our, our, one of our goals now is to utilize and optimize all these assets that we have and improve their evergreen uh, marketing uh, systems and funnels, if you like, is to speak to and find the people who have those problems that the products solve and uh, to c constantly and sustainably be in front of, show up in front of that audience so that they can consume, uh, they can get the free stuff. And if they want to ascend to a paid, a paid solution. And so that's where we're at in a nutshell is optimizing our intellectual property that we've built up over the years as a, you suddenly wake up one day and you say, wow, I've got a database. Wow. I've got a couple of products. Wow. I've got a real business. Well, for anyone out there who's maybe interested in just stepping up their pool game a little bit, uh, where should we send them if they want to learn more about you and maybe take advantage of one of your free problem solvers? The Snookerjim, G-Y-M dot com. And anyone who's interested actually in seeing how we've run our business could, uh, I mean, this is what I've done is looked at a lot of successful Kajabians and seeing how their funnel works, how their website appeals to a certain problem. Yes. 
Yeah, no shame in the copy game. Well, for any of our listeners who are interested in learning more about Nick, uh, check out his website. We'll have that in the show notes, um, as well as all of his social media profiles. Um, With that said, I want to finish this off with just a huge thank you to you, Nick, for taking some time out of your day to uh, share all of these learnings with all of us. Thank you very much indeed. Well, that is all we have for your listeners this week. We will look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks again for listening. 